0: Warning. This podcast has swears in it. Listen accordingly. Hi, this is Media Girlfriends and I'm Nanaba Duncan. Mm. This podcast is about my girlfriends who work in the media. For this episode, I talked to one of my coolest girlfriends, Anupa Mystery. I am so proud of Anupa because she is the senior editor for the Fader magazine in Canada, which is basically a dream job for her. And she has done a lot of work to get there. She's had bylines as a writer in uh, Now magazine, Toronto Life, The Guardian, Rolling Stone. So to me, she's got an impressive resume. I first met Anupa a few years ago when she was working as an associate producer for CBC Music. Um, she was she was a new woman of color in the room, so I I basically just I had to meet her, and so uh, we hit it off. And since then, we've both just supported each other in our careers, and I really appreciate it from her. And one of the reasons why I think Anupa is so cool to me is because. She's seven years younger than me, and she probably doesn't even think about this. But her age, I think, contributes to how contemporary and how on the edge of what's really happening is. I don't know if that makes sense. But um, for that reason, I feel like I'm kind of cool because she's my friend. That sounds so—anyway, but that's, that's the truth. So here's something that you should know. Anupa grew up in Brampton, and that's a city that's known for its predominantly South Asian population. And she's often talked about her humble family background with Indian parents who didn't go to college. And she really seems to rep hard for Brampton. Like, her Twitter photo is of a Brampton highway sign. So I wanted to talk to Anupa about her life experience. I mean, I mean, this is not a, like, tell me why you're young and cool, but it's I really want to know about how her perspective serves as a context for her for her writing. And I also want to know about her confidence as a journalist, particularly on Twitter, because she's so candid and so opinionated online. So we were both on our way to the Polaris Music Prize Gala for work. But first, we decided to hang out and talk. Anuba, you might be my coolest friend. Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> geek out just for a minute. I know this sounds you ridiculous.
1: You must not have like no. I,
0: <laughs> if I'm your coolest friend, <laughs> what? No, but listen here. Here's why: you know the best new music, and you have intelligent opinions about the artists. You dress like someone who knows what's happening in pop culture, and you're into your own culture. Plus, you are online in an engaging and vibrant way with retweets from changemakers and activists. And you are also strong enough to tell your truth online with your opinions. And I think that that's cool. So basically, I brought you here to find out exactly how you came to be so awesome.
1: I'm curious about the style part. How do I dress like I'm in the know?
0: I don't know. I just, every time I see you, you just looks so cool. Like yesterday you were wearing that jacket with the, uh, was it iCat with the arms? Yeah. It's like a bomber yeah. with iCat arms. Like that's the kind of stuff that I want, that I just look at, mm. but I don't buy. I yeah. don't know why. Yeah. But anyway, whatever. You're cool. So get over it. <laughs> so um, what was it like uh, growing up in Brampton? Like what was the best thing about growing up in Brampton?
1: Oh, I don't know. There probably wasn't much good about it. Oh,
0: it's no. so funny that you say that because I feel like you've brought up being from Brampton enough times that I have felt like you were proud or that it was a good time.
1: No, I mean, I wanted to leave. Oh, I didn't (laughs) know that. that, Since I was a kid, I was like, ugh, this place. Really? But, well, yeah. Why? Well, because it was boring and there wasn't anything to do and there was so many people and there was nothing for us to do. Mm. Like, I definitely... As I got older, I mean, I don't know how I knew this when I was younger that I was like, God, this place sucks. But <laughs> but definitely as I got older, I was like, what? There's so many freaking people here. Like, this is not a small town. Like, why do we have to travel to Mississauga to, like, go to a party, like, to a club, like, to a religious club? Or I don't know, you know, like, why do we have to leave to, like, go see and do interesting things? Um, it always felt like just a place to live and, like, not even like just a place to stay and not a place to live. Okay. Maybe that's a a better way of putting yeah. it. What um, about
0: radio? What radio stations were you listening to?
1: I was listening to Oh, radio was like super important, right? Like yeah, it was, that's what I'm saying. I listened to I listened to all of them. And okay. like so, so it was you like know, top forty it, kind it, of stuff. It started with AM six forty back back in the day when oh. they used to still play when AM still had music, like <sighs> pop, like top forty music. I swear to God, AM640 was like back in the, like Tarzan Dan used to have a show. Okay, okay. And then whatever it became when it switched over to FM. And then it was like, um, like I listened to all of it. I listened to like Z103.5 when they used to play only like quote unquote Gino beats. And uh, and then flow or sorry, and before flow Before flow, Flo. come Flo. on.
0: I know, you're waiting for it. You're waiting for me to say it.
1: <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm waiting for flow. I'm waiting yeah, for whatever. It's everyone all good. listened to WBLK. Yes, right?
0: that's you know what. That's what I was listening everyone, to too. Yeah, everyone
1: listened to yeah. it. Yeah, so WBLK was like, oh my god, broadcasting that was, from Buffalo. Yes, and it would you'd ha- get the shitty frequency, yes. like the crackle, <laughs>
0: and you'd have to move your antenna around or move your radio around. But the best stuff, like you could really know what was happening, right? You like really in, in music and like. Oh, man. R&B at that time.
1: 93.7 WBLK. Young black
0: male, 25
1: years of age. I think, like, I credit um, listening to BLK for, like, expanding, like, my worldview a little bit because... uh how do I put this without
0: sounding like weird? Well, you grew up in Brampton, uh, yeah. So, wh- what do you mean by expanding your world?
1: Well, it was like, I mean, it's like an American, is an African American yeah. station, yeah. And so we didn't have like float, we didn't have anything at the time. So, so that was my like reference point, and it was like, sure, they would play like the hip hop and stuff, stuff that I would see on BT or like maybe very rarely at the time, occasionally much music. Mm-hmm. Um, but then on Sundays it would be gospel.
0: Mm, yeah. Right. Yeah. And
1: late night it would be quiet storm.
0: Oh my God. I remember. Quiet Yeah. Storm. And it was the just like slow jams.
1: It's like, I don't know, you know, like chance, the rapper, this is such a weird tangent, but like chance, the rapper and Kanye and, yeah. and Kendrick all like reference God and spirituality so heavily in their music. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't fucking seem weird to me because, like, I listen to that radio station and I'm like, this is like the spectrum yeah. of, of what. So you music learned that the God America stuff is. was part
0: of was part yeah, of that. Yeah, and whole. it wasn't
1: like a like I wasn't like thinking about it like that. Like, okay, this is what African American music is like a weirdo, but it was just like it was all context. You know yeah. what I mean? And 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 beyond that, I think it was just it just normalized it. It was like, okay, yeah, like on Sundays it's gospel and mm-hmm. like um just like when flow started it would be like on sunday afternoons it's Soka therapy yeah yeah um so so these things kind of it just created kind of the soundtrack like the background soundtrack mm-hmm. to my life and i don't i'm not i'm not bringing it up or 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 saying that to seem like i was more in enli-
0: more i'm more enlightened um no but it definitely other- helped shape like who yeah. you are and the background you know what informs your I guess you almost not necessarily your opinions, but how you see music right well you look yeah, at music. like I
1: just I mean, like it's like I didn't grow up listening to like rock radio, and then all of a sudden, like pivoted into listening to hip hop, and so that's why right. I don't understand how God fits into, yeah. some of this stuff, yeah. not all of this stuff, but some of this stuff, you know, it's like it 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 was there the whole time, and it was never made to be it wasn't weird, or it didn't bother me, even though I'm not Christian, you right. know. The blessings come down when the praises go up.
0: The blessings come down. So I want to ask you now about... She knows what's coming. I don't know what's coming. Yeah, you do. Why do you call your dad Homer Simpson?
1: (sighs) Mm, I feel so bad.
0: (laughs) You shouldn't feel bad. There's a reason why you use... That term. I know, but I don't use it publicly. Okay. So, you know, this is, like, a lot for me. Okay. I understand.
1: Uh, I I don't relate to this, like, narrative of, like, writers or people who, like, who are, like, media adjacent, who, like, have, who come from, like, particularly, like, well-read or, like, culturally literate homes. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, cause I don't come from that, you know, right. everything I learned, I had to learn on my own. Um, and, and so I call my dad Homer Simpson because like, while he is proud of me, like I'm pretty sure he's only read like two things I've ever written and he probably <laughs> hasn't finished them, you know, like my dad just doesn't read, uh, Okay. He'll, he 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 reads. He used to read the Sun religiously. I think we talked about this. Yeah, when we were yeah, were Growing yeah. up, how it was like an immigrant dad newspaper or something. I think oh my God, my
0: that. dad read it, and when I, oh gosh, I remember at some point I just started to understand what the paper was about. Yeah, and I remember feeling angry. I mean, like a he would have it. Road. He 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 had it in his car all the time. He drove taxi, and it was sitting with him on this on. The, In the car all the time, he had a son. So anytime he would pick us up, there it was. Mm -hmm. And I just remember feeling like, Daddy, you're smarter than this. That's Mm -hmm. what I felt. Mm -hmm. But you you were saying that you you feel bad about calling him Homer Simpson because you feel like you're describing a simple person. Yeah. Yeah. But if he is a simple person to you, I think that that's okay. I just don't, it's not, I
1: like it, I think it sounds really condescending, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and we've gotten in fights over it. where, like, it that it comes to a head when I'm like, why did you put me through school if you're going to insult my intelligence? Yeah, or yeah. if you're going to act like you know more than me? And, like, you know, it's like any, like, parent-child argument where your parent is like, well, but I've lived more than you. So, in a sense, I do know more than you, yeah. you know? And, and he has, but also, like... He lived things. somewhere else. He lived somewhere else. He lived in a different time. Mm-hmm. He, you know, with a different like, yeah, with completely different circumstances.
0: Um, Your dad's not on Twitter,
1: right? No, he's on Facebook, though. Really? (laughs) He's on Facebook. It is so funny. I saw my parents on the weekend. Every photo my dad takes now, it has to be a selfie. I'm like, Dad, Mom's here. You can just get her to take a photo of me and you. And he just like, I was telling, I told him this literally 10 times, but he was so single minded about like having to take. Like an actual like selfie. selfie. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and my dad is like not technologically savvy, so this is like a a leap. I'm like, whoa, you know how to use Facebook. So maybe That's he place. might join you on Twitter. No, he doesn't like typing or words. Oh. <laughs> so I guess the Homer Simpson analogy is fucking accurate. <laughs>
0: okay I pulled out a few uh, of your oh tweets that I would like to what? discuss I did get ready so I'm gonna read Aww. I'm gonna read them first no it's fine relax so I'm gonna read them first and then we're gonna talk about them number one I think it would be okay for a woman to narrate a doc about a powerful male historical figure every once in a while <laughs> number two I love tea pain. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. <laughs> White people are in a cultural crisis. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Classic Anupa.
0: Right. Oh, gr- good. Then that means I've I've gotten a pretty good cross section, huh? Okay. So the first one, I think, it would be okay for a woman to narrate a doc about a powerful male historical figure every once in a while. What was that about?
1: Uh, I went uh, on Friday night. I went to see the Raul Peck, James Baldwin documentary that was playing at TIFF. It's called I Am Not Your Negro. Um, and I was with some girls that I know and we were just talking about the movie afterwards and, you know, one of them brought up the fact that, uh, you know, and I don't know this much about Baldwin's mm-hmm. life and legacy. Like, I've, I've read some Baldwin, but, you know, their critique was that, like, Baldwin was, you know, they felt that Baldwin actually wasn't there for black women. And 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 as a result, they felt like there was some of that was left out of this documentary. Um, that's really about like, you know, I think like, anyway, that's a tangent. Never mind. That's fine. Um, so, you know, then I was going home and I was thinking about it. And I was just like, I mean, beyond all that stuff, I was just like, what the f- why is it always like a James Earl Jones type, like in this case, it was actually Samuel Jackson narrating this documentary. Oh, really interesting. But I was like, why like w- women can have gravitas, you know for what real, I mean? Like real. why, why is it always like a dude narrating a documentary? I mean, I thought that certainly it wouldn't be like a corrective to like Baldwin's work mm-hmm. or like his legacy. If people felt it was like anti, if it, they felt that it had elements of misogynoir in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could also be, like, one way of, like, reconciling it to, like, have a woman narrate that documentary, you know? To Sometimes we just need to, like, foreground women in really obvious ways and
0: things that I... And that's I, I one think, way. That would be just, a great way, right? Like, just it's not a change the narrator. Yeah.
1: I, I'm, not, I'm not even saying... It's not a solution. It's just a thing you could do. Yeah. You know? And it just reminds people that, like women are in this world doing things <laughs> yeah. and they were in that world, you know? And, yeah, and also, like, like because so much of the criticism of, not criticism, but so much of, like, what we can say now about that time is that there were all of these men leading these movements, leading these movements, but really, like, so much of the work was done by
0: women. You just did air quotes yeah. for leading, yeah.
1: Yes, I did air quotes for leading. Like, you know, a Malcolm X or a Martin Luther King or Gandhi or whatever, like these people could only do their work because of the women behind them. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, I just, that's like, where that came from. I was just like, That could happen. It could. Why
0: couldn't it happen? It's interesting. uh, This is interesting to me because uh, I just recently went to this uh, voice workshop where this woman who's an amazing singer, she worked with a bunch of people who work, you know, have different voices when it comes to, like, journalism or writing or singing and all this stuff. And she was teaching us uh, how to sort of – be okay with exactly what your voice sounds like. Mm. And a lot, and before this whole thing, we were, uh, some people, we went around the room and people were talking about why they even wanted to be in this whole seminar. And a lot, the thing that came up a lot was this idea that I feel like my voice betrays me. Like when mm. I'm emotional, sometimes my voice, like mm-hmm. it cr- it'll crack or whatever. And so I don't feel like, if, for example, I'm in a boardroom, I don't feel like I'm be- being taken seriously mm-hmm. because of this thing that's happening in my voice. And what this woman, was talking about was she was she was kind of she didn't quite say this exactly but the sense that I got from her was that like if that's your voice and that's your voice, why does why do we have to lower our registers mm-hmm. or you know take out the emotion to be heard? Like in this world, obviously it's because it of the way things like all the time. Yeah, like it, it's because of how you know things have been set up. But it makes me think that perhaps the reason why women aren't asked to narrate docs is because maybe people don't feel that women have the gravitas. I don't, I don't know. I'm making this up. But, but. like, why couldn't like. Why couldn't Cardi
1: B narrate the James Baldwin documentary? <laughs> if she had a script and she was saying all the things... that Can Eden's you tell, said, like, wh- who's Cardi B? Cardi B is a former stripper turned social media personality turned reality TV star. Okay. Um, from New York who she just keeps it real and, like, keeps it real in a way that feels really t- 2016. Like, isn't just trying to, like, flex on the internet, but also, like... Being a feminist and like being like supporting like movements that so are so you happening. think that
0: she would have sounded good narrating? I don't know. Okay, like, like <laughs> you're just why saying, not? why not? Yeah, why yeah, not? yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go to the next tweet because I, I well, just, no, go just ahead. Go say, ahead.
1: I just don't think it well, even if it is a woman narrating, why does it have to be a deep voice woman? You know, like well, this are is these what I'm saying. not
0: English, yeah, you no, know? like <laughs> no, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I it's like maybe for maybe it has something to do with how we have been conditioned so that when we hear a certain voice we listen better yeah, a I man's know. voice we're trained to hear men as authority I know that's I know hot. that's what you're saying it's yeah. bullshit okay so then let's make a movie and we're gonna <laughs> get Cardi B to narrate it <laughs> oh my god would you love that don't cut you have to cut this cause that's Why? a free idea I'm gonna go to the next week I love T-Pain. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about this tweet.
1: So that tweet came from a project that was open last week at work at The Fader, um, where we were asked to just submit a bunch of songs that we love into a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had in my head, while I was like thinking of songs, I had... Um, Jadena's classic man yeah. that bass line in my head yeah. but I actually don't like that Like, I, it's not that I don't like that song I shouldn't say this it's just that I'm like nah, I just think
0: Jadena's kind of corny really?
1: Um, yeah I'm sorry you know
0: what it's because he's like half Nigerian that I'm just like I love him I
1: I, I respect it yeah I just don't
0: respect it <laughs> <laughs> okay fine Um.
1: and I had that in my head I want to mention this I had that Du, du, no, 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 no. that bass line in my head because I'd seen Moonlight, that Barry Jenkins movie that's coming out okay. at TIFF. Okay. It's amazing. You have to see it. It'll probably win all of the awards. Oh. Yeah. And there's a scene where this guy is driving in a car and he's listening to like a very screwed, slowed down version remix of that Jadena song. But T-Pain did a remix of Classic Man that's called The T-Mix. And it's basically, like, him talking about how much he loves cars. So Classic Man is about classic cars. And, like, he's talking about being from Tallahassee and, like, being, like, a Florida dude and stuff like that. And I, like, actually really love it. T-Pain is a beacon of light t-pain what? is like joy t-pain is like a musical revolutionary so i i i put this i put t-pain in the spreadsheet and then i tweeted i love t-pain <laughs> <laughs> so that's the long the long story of where that came from no but t-pain like actually has a beautiful voice and he gets a lot of shit because he used a vocoder a lot mm-hmm. um which people also don't want to admit like revolutionize like modern like pop music like everything that we're listening to now like travis scott young thug all of these new rappers like they all put vocoders on their voice or they Mm -hmm. distort their voice in some way and t-pain certainly wasn't the first person to do that but he like brought it into this like brand new context and and what what it was was t-pain made those songs and then Kanye started using oh that okay, and then that's why it became poppin. Interesting, okay. So T Pain, you know, I think deserves all of our like love and admiration, and he also just makes happy music. Like, what the hell?
0: <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, white people are in a cultural crisis. Oh, your last tweet. Please discuss.
1: I don't remember what this was about.
0: I do. It had to do with Namas Drake.
1: Oh, right. Okay. I was going to say, I know this is attached to another tweet.
0: What's Namas Drake? I don't even fucking know, to be <laughs> honest. Like,
1: <laughs> Okay, so- I don't, know, I don't know what this shit is that these people do.
0: Namas Drake is a yoga class to Drake music. Is that right? Yeah. That sounds about right.
1: Yeah. That's what it is.
0: So what happened? Uh, I don't know. I just, anytime I see like white
1: people doing some dumb yoga shit, it just gets me so mad. Why? Because like, I can't even go to a yoga class without feeling like real fucked up. Really? Yeah. Why? Because every time, first of all, namaste is a greeting. That's what we say when we greet each other. We don't say it at the end of a conversation or like... Who is we? Me and my people. Who are your people? Um, who originate from the South Asian subcontinent, okay. from people from India, Hindu people specifically. Okay. Um, when I call my relatives and they pick up the phone and say, hello, I say, hi, auntie, namaste, right? Like okay. that is the context for it. Okay. So to go to like a yoga class and at the end, have some of these teachers have the fucking audacity to like play bhajans
0: So I just want to interject here really quickly because I didn't know what a bhajan is. And Anupa explained it, that a bhajan in the Hindu tradition is an informal devotional song with music in a regional language. Okay, let's go back to Anupa now.
1: Some of these teachers have the fucking audacity to like play bhajans, Ah. but like bhajans sung by like white people. So like the phrasing and the enunciation is all like fucked up and weird. And then have them like trying to tell me some shit about energy and like whatever. The- and then to have them at the end be like, namaste. I'm just like, it's re- it's it sounds so funny and so dumb and maybe I could suck it up. But it it feels like there's not a lot that like bothers me on like that level. Like I have opinions about things, but things don't like...
0: Get into you. They
1: don't get into me like to the point where... I'm made to feel really uncomfortable or there's not a lot of things that I would describe as like quote unquote triggers or like microaggressions personally. Like maybe I would broadcast them as such, but like, nah, like, you know, it's fine. But that shit is like real triggering to me. Mm. It makes me feel so uncomfortable and it, it makes me feel uncomfortable, not because it's white people, but because it is wrapped up in like a very specific, like class, it's like a class lifestyle identity thing, right? It's like always, I mean, not always, I shouldn't say always, but it is often like the same kind of person. Who's know, attending pro- the classes and Attending the classes, owning the yoga studio. Right. Like putting up things you might see in my parents' house around the studio, but like actually it just feels like it is cognitive dissonance. It's like I like grew up going to like, Hindu temples, I still go. Like, my parents are very active Mm. at their temple. So, occasionally I'll go. And that world is so different from like whatever trappings of Hinduism these people are trying to like express in, you know, through their yoga studios or whatever. So, it's it's like
0: like this cultural appropriation that really actually gets to you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to say because I have been to these classes and I've heard folks say namaste and I'm also aware that for example you know we say chai tea but to you it's just chai you know what I'm saying and I I I don't I don't know how to reconcile that I just know that sometimes when I go to the class it feels good
1: yeah and that's totally fine you know
0: like I wish I could but I also I can understand like I can't imagine what it's like to go into a room and be like yo this is like it feels like this is like what I grew up with and you are kind of adulterating it
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not, like, constantly feeling that. Like, I can get through... Sometimes I can get through a full class and feel really relaxed. And then at the end, when I hear that word, it just, like, undoes everything. That's what it feels like. Sometimes it's, like, not even, like, overt, obvious shit, you know? it's They might not be doing the most. They might not be trying to, like, like, chant mantras and, like, do all this stuff. But at the end, it's, like, that one thing. And it's just, like, you know...
0: Okay, so what and, you- like
1: I've also had like people like talk to me about their yoga practice in a way that feels like more spiritual than like athletic and then like try and use it to like exert some like understanding of philosophy over me and it's like but you have to understand that like the way Hindus practice our religion, like we don't follow it the way that you might learn it through like your yoga practice. You know mm. what I mean? Which is like a real it's it's hard to explain, but it's like we learn like the folk tales and like that kind of stuff. We don't learn like. I mean, some people do. I shouldn't say we don't, but we don't learn like m- almost more of like the
0: the the metaphysical parts of it, about, right? Like, so it's not all mystical no, stuff that you learned not. when you grew up. It's there like, are other things attached to it. I, yeah. So so when you it's hear like, Namas Drake, and like yeah. folk yeah. So when you hear Namas Drake, that must feel like what the. F- yeah. What did you do to this word? And I just
1: also hate when, like, people try and make Drake, like, this soft okay, thing, so, too. So
0: it's two things. Right. So Namaste, Drake. What about Namaste? No. Have you heard that? No. Okay. Yeah, I have heard it. I don't fuck with it either. Okay. That's what I want to know. Okay, so this is why you say white people are in a cultural Yeah, because crisis. I'm like,
1: man, you really, you just, you just taking just doing whatever the fuck you want to okay. all this stuff and it hurts people you know yeah. Yeah. it hurts people and and actually beyond that but like not even that fuck that you don't have to think about my feelings but like these people make money off it and that's what kills me the most
0: yikes so that so one Ooh, of the reasons why putting
1: this on the internet <laughs>
0: Yeah. Who cares? Whatever. It's fine. So that's why I brought you here is because like you have these opinions. You tell them on Twitter. You don't seem afraid. Um, folks like me, I work at CBC. I do not say all the things that I think online. And I mean, you work at you work at Fader now. And I feel like no matter where you worked, you would still just say everything that you feel. And
1: I, yeah, well, that's why it took me so long to get a job.
0: Probably. What. Yeah. You think that your opinions on Twitter prevented you from getting certain jobs? 100%. Whoa. -hmm. What kind of tweets have you put online that you think are really preventing you from getting... White people are in a cultural crisis. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair. I understand that. You know? I understand that. But, okay, so, wow. (sighs) Wow. Of course, we don't have any proof of that, but I could see what you mean. I could totally see. Yeah, what I mean. yeah.
1: No one has any proof of it, but like, what, what, what else could it be? When I'm like better than everyone else at what I do.
0: Oh my god! I love that you just said that. <laughs> I'm trying to own it a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. So, you've been at Fader as a senior editor. And it was one of the magazines that you used to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And now you're there. Mm-hmm. You're working there as, you know, big woman things. <laughs> so, like, I, wanna, I don't even know if I did that right because I'm not, <laughs> like, even from any Caribbean country. Um, what do you think got you there? Oh, I don't know
1: what got me there. That's a really hard question to now, But, like, especially when I think about,
0: How hard you were working to get a job at that time?
1: Yeah. Like
0: Like you were working hard. I
1: think like it should be said that like I was like freelancing, writing. This is a thing that I never used to say out loud. And and now I feel like it's becoming like a broken record part of my story whenever I'm asked to talk about what it's like working in media. Mm -hmm. But I have to keep saying it because I don't think people understand. I was freelancing while working like regular full-time jobs for eight years and applying to like all of the media jobs in the city Mm -hmm. while still getting like amazing bylines, like writing for Rolling Stone, writing for the Guardian, writing for New York magazine, writing for Toronto life. Like I think I first saw your
0: name in Toronto star
1: writing for the Toronto, you know, like, like actually like hustling my ass off getting like, and, and when I say like, I'm, I'm, Better than whatever everyone else. It's not. I'm talking like about a combination of like work ethic, but also like hard skills. You know what I mean? It's like I was just like I know I'm good at this. I know I have a point of view. Clearly, people want it, but I'm not being like rewarded with like the thing that I actually want. Um, you mean money? No, with a job. Oh, in media, like why right. was I? Why am I working like data entry, like whatever? Oh, like that's what I'm saying. Like I wasn't working. Like I had a couple of brief stints at the CBC. Both times I've worked at the CBC has been four months or less. Right. So that's not in the span of eight years, less than a year's worth of experience. You know. Um, and it's like it's really fucked up to me that it took an American company.
0: I didn't even think about that. The job. Yeah, and now of course you've got like serious respect not that you didn't before but getting the job like as a person who's you're the senior editor of a major magazine i imagine that people might be looking at you with even more respect and that that might filter into more job offers at the same places that where you. am
1: i gonna go in canada
0: men <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where you're going to go. But I just think that, like, I think that there are plenty of places that you could be and that that need a voice like yours, mm. you know? But um, it reminds me of how people go to America for, you know, for their musical career, and mm. then everyone is like, oh, you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but, like, mm-hmm. they're like, yo, I've been oh, here all That's time. such a thing
1: that happened. People are like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, yo, I was like, you didn't read read writing about everything in now magazine every week. You know, like I, I, I feel like I paid my dues. Uh, and, and maybe that's how I got the job. Mm -hmm. You know, I paid my dues. I worked real fucking hard and I'm not the kind of person like clearly, like my experience flies in the face of the meritocracy, the myth of the meritocracy. Like clearly I don't believe that it exists. But but I still have worked really hard, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and and I've proven that, you know, if Fader wants to have someone based in Toronto to be a point person for whatever is happening up here, then like. I am a person who maybe I'm not the person who can tell every single story most effectively, Mm -hmm. but I'm the person who can be like the bridge who can be like, okay, like this is what's important. This is what's going on. This is who needs to tell the story. This is how it needs to be done. Um, I think like they. I don't know, maybe I should ask them, actually.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why you right. well you know what we have a party to get to so I have one last question okay. and that is about this place that you're at where you are making these really confident statements mm-hmm. um, but you did say that you're working on it what is the evolution like where are you at right now with this confidence and this like speaking your strength truth I just made that up mm-hmm. Um,
1: the confidence thing is really tempered by my feeling that i am like of like it's tempered by like the knowledge that i like move through the world differently than other people because i'm a woman because i'm brown because i'm darker skinned um I don't know. Maybe because of my like class background, or I don't know, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Like, it is not as easy for me to say things out loud as it is for a rich blonde girl living in New York mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. hangs out with like the literary people or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. um, do you where, compare where yourself opinions- to
0: those people?
1: Uh, I did because I didn't see the little like fiefdoms within the media world. I just thought it was the media world, but I'm like, Oh, like there are definite like divides like within it, you know? Um, so when I didn't realize like how stratified it can be, uh, I was comparing myself to those people because I was like, you know, like, yeah, I, I I felt I, I do, I felt and I feel that, um, some people are penalized for their opinions more than others mm. and you know there's a lot of black women who talk about this on twitter right like not just getting like twitter hate for like their opinions but also like voicing strong intelligent opinions and not being credited for like the work mm-hmm. of of that opinion of like like that intellectual property mm-hmm of, like, having their tweets stolen and being used in pieces, like, without their consent. What? Yeah, people do that, right? Like, it is, like, a whole thing of, like, tweet aggregation journalism.
0: Wow. Um,
1: I bring that up to, s- not to compare myself to them, but to say that it is validating seeing women talk about that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um, because it mirrors, like how I feel like I've moved to the world. And I understand that like there, you know, people want to call it oppression Olympics or whatever. And, you know, like I, but I do understand that there, there are in some ways like a hierarchy of privilege, you know, and I, I do, there are certain things that I can do that other people can't do. Yeah. But, you know, um, the evolution has come from like, trying to like understand that a little bit more and be be okay with it because i can't change it right and just be like okay well let me do the good work that i know that i can do let Mm. me like i just it's like the whole like you have to work twice as hard thing right like let me just like (laughs) well let me just back myself up if i'm gonna call myself the best well then let me do stuff that other people aren't doing and then people have nothing to say like Mm -hmm. they can't come and talk to me right you
0: know i like it you're like try me
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am like, try me, you yeah. know, because, yeah. like, and the thing that I love about my job now is that, like, like, I I always knew I wanted this job because I don't want to be, like, the front and center, like, because while I enjoy writing, like, write, I'm, I don't see myself as a writer, you know, like.
0: Whoa, whoa, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's um, new. I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I didn't know that.
1: I, I love words. Um, I love reading I enjoy writing but like that is not my like I don't know like that's not what I see for myself like I feel like it's like my medium but it's like I want to be able to like help other people like talk about these ideas and mm-hmm. culture and so like the thing that's giving me like the most joy right now the thing that I love so much is working with other writers and like like having them pitch me a story and us seeing it through to the end or Even the thing I love the most is like when I have an idea for a story (laughs) and being able to be like, I know the perfect person to do this. Like you with the (laughs) I had so much
0: fun writing that story. I know. I really did. And And it was was hard for me in that like I don't do a lot of, um, you know, writing of longer pieces or even like any pieces in a while anyway. And you were the best editor. It was awesome. It was a great experience. And that
1: like, and a is that, that is the thing I'm finding my confidence in. I'm finding my confidence in being an editor because, you know, I find myself like doing things and being like, is it okay? Is it okay that I did that? Is it okay that I changed this? And it's like, actually, but like, this is why I wanted to do this job because I, I know that like, I'm good at that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you know what you
0: have in mind, you know how it's supposed to look like. yeah. Yeah. And
1: like, I want a writer to like get there, you know what I mean? That's what I
0: appreciated. Like you were able to just say like you like you wanted it to look a certain way. You knew what you were what was what you were getting at. And also you're really good at um letting me know that there's a voice that we have and we need you to like, you mm-hmm. know, you have your voice but like it's you're writing for FadeR so like it's got to be our voice. Anyway, that was good, and we yeah, have but, to... Well, sorry, go on.
1: Well, I I, I don't want to sound, sound like I take out people's voices from No, story, no, that's know? not what I meant. I meant yeah. to say
0: that you were good at communicating the fact to me that there was... Um, um, when I say voice, I mean like... Fader has its aesthetic, Mm -hmm. like it speaks in a certain way, Mm -hmm. different from freaking like O Magazine, or you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, it every magazine has a voice, Mm -hmm. and you were good at letting me know what that voice was, Mm -hmm. um, really quickly, I think, you know. So, that was great. And we have to go to this party, so like, please, I wish
1: there was Jollof Rice there.
0: Oh my gosh, there's not going to be any Jollof Rice, but whatever. All right, let's just go to your house. I don't have any Jalap. I have two babies go, go sleeping. No, thanks. No, no. Okay, that's enough. Anyway, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really love you. I, love you I really too. do. And I'm so glad you're one of my coolest friends. I'm so glad you're one of my
1: coolest <laughs> friends. My coolest mom
0: friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye. I'm she gets hungry. That was my media girlfriend, Anupa Mystery, senior editor at the Fader Magazine Canada. And that was our conversation about her voice uh, as a writer and an editor, and also online and her confidence. And I have to say, listening to Anupa reminds me that I should be proud about my perspective too you know like as a woman as a woman of color as an african all of that is a good thing so i shouldn't be afraid to be proud of um what i think and i really appreciate talking to anupa for that if you like anupa as much as i do and if you want to follow her on twitter you can find her At underscore Anupa, A N U P A. And right now, you're listening to one of Anupa's favorite rappers, T Pain. This is a song that she listened to 15 times before tweeting, I love T Pain. Media Girlfriends is produced by me, Nanaba Duncan. I got some script and listening help from Judith Lynch as well as my friend Malcolm Gould. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, we're on iTunes now. So look for Media Girlfriends there and give us a quick review if you can. Plus, you can find us on Twitter at MediaGFS and with the hashtag MediaGirlfriends. I'm leaving quickly,